Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from August 2nd by Pastor Randy, titled, Living in God's Reality. Movies. Movies create their own reality. There are things that would never happen in real life, but they happen in movies. So there are things that we would never know that could happen if it weren't for movies. First of all, did you know that it's possible to park outside any building that you're visiting? In the movies, they never have to park three blocks away and walk. They just pull up right to the building that they're visiting, right? We know in the movies that the only way a detective can solve a case is if he gets suspended. Then he's able to solve the case. Or that police departments, they obviously give their, their officers personality tests and they pair officers together with the complete opposite personalities. We'd never know that if it weren't for movies. Or if you just happen to be on the street and you start busting some moves, you start dancing, everybody you bump into will automatically know the moves. We wouldn't know that if it weren't for movies. Or that your computer is powerful enough to overcome any alien, invading aliens communication system just by your laptop computer. Or this one, one of my favorites, is that you could be surrounded by 10 people all out to kill you. And they will all just sort of dance around you threateningly while one at a time they come and attack you till you knock out the predecessor. But this is my absolute favorite. If it weren't for movies, we'd never know that a news bulletin that directly affects your life happens to come on the moment you turn the TV on. That's what happens in movies. We create, the movies create their own reality. Not only do movies create their own reality, we create our own reality. How many of you have been pulled over by speeding? Raise your hand, Scott. Hire Scott. Okay, there you go. All right. A couple of weeks ago, I was driving to work. I got pulled over. Now, whenever you get pulled over speeding, here's what we typically do. We try to create our own reality. And he pulled me over. I got, okay, what's the reality here? Can I create my own reality? I wasn't really speeding, officer, because I wasn't aware of what the speed limit was. Well, that wouldn't work. I've been driving a speed for 20 years. I knew exactly what the speed limit was. Or how about this one? I wasn't speeding officer because I thought the speed limit was actually higher than it was. Again, that wouldn't work because I knew exactly what the speed limit was. Or how about this one? Officer, I wasn't speeding because I was going as fast as everybody else around me was going. Well, that wasn't true because I was in front of everybody. They were all behind me. Why? Because I was speeding. That's why. So I just shut up and took my ticket. We try to create our own reality. Here. Look at this verse. See, it worked. There is a way that seems right to a person, but in the end is the way of death. Life isn't like the movies. You can't create your own reality and escape the consequences. There will be consequences. Whenever you try and live and live and creating your own reality, it may be spiritual, it may be emotional, it may be physical, but there will be consequences. There's always consequences. George Washington died on December 14, 1799. 
The day before, he was fine. He went out horseback riding, came back in, had a sore throat. They called his personal physician who was head of medicine at the University of Virginia. He came and he diagnosed uh, a, um, I don't know what you call it today. It was just an upper respiratory illness or whatever that he diagnosed it as. And he prescribed bloodletting. So they did that. He didn't feel any better. They did it again and again and again, four times. Lost nearly 40% of his blood. What historians believe is that he simply had strep throat. He wouldn't have died from that, but he died from the bloodletting by people who were sincere, but they were sincerely wrong. When you believe a lie, even though it's a lie, it has the same effect of you as if it were true, even though it's not true, even though it's a lie. We live in a culture today that is a free-for-all as far as truth is concerned. We live in a culture where people are always trying to create their own reality. It may be right for you, but it's, it's not right for me. People are always trying to create their own reality. That's the culture that we live in. The worst case scenario today is for anybody to stand up and say, I believe this is true. What? Well, you may think it's true. It may be true for you, but it's not true for me. We live in a culture that will accept you today 10 times more for being wrong than they will for you standing up and saying you believe something is true. So we've been talking about temptation the past several weeks. And if you want to overcome temptation, you have to know the truth. If you want to overcome temptation, you have to stop creating your own reality and live in the truth. So what's the truth? Number one, truth is absolute and it comes from God. The truth is still true even though you may not believe it. The truth is still true, although everybody may vote against it. At one time, everybody thought the world was flat, but it was still round, right? The truth is not subjective. It's not left up to individuals. The truth is objective. It comes from God, and it's absolute. It's for all people, for all time, for all places. We have a thing called the International Bureau of Standards. It's really keeps the standards, weights, and measures. So they're the standard weights and measures for the whole world. So you have a three-foot board. You don't know if it's really three-foot or not. You can go there and put it up against the standard and see whether or not it's actually three-foot or if it's three-foot, one-inch, or two-foot, 11 inches, whichever. You have a $20 bill. You want to know whether that $20 bill is counterfeit or not. You have to go to the mint where they print the money, and you compare it to those original plates that they used to print the money. You compare it to the standard. Well, as far as truth is concerned, God is the standard. He is the one who, who is a, the, the source of all truth. You don't decide if something is right or wrong based on your personal judgment, based on your feelings. You decide it's right or wrong with how it measures up to the standard, how it measures up to God. See, we value purity. Why? Because God is pure. We value honesty because He's honest. You decide what is right and wrong by looking at the heart of God. Now, how we want to look at the, how things are right or wrong, we want to experience them first. That's just the nature of humans. You know, is the stove hot or not? God doesn't work like that. God doesn't say, well, I just need to go experience this stuff, and I'll figure out whether it's evil or not. 
No. God just simply says, does it, does it align with my character? If it aligns with my character, it's good and holy and pure. If it doesn't align with my character, it's evil. It's just the way things are. God is the moral center of the universe. You cannot know the truth without God. And what Satan did in the garden was come and, and tempt Adam and Eve that they could be their own moral center. That they could decide what was right and wrong for them. And that's still going on today. That's evidence of the fact that when they take polls, they say that people in churches like ours, only a very small percent believe in a thing called absolute truth. You know what that means? That means we're busy trying to create our own reality, that we want to bring in the language of the world, bring in the morals of the world, and bring them into our lives and create our own reality. That we don't believe that everything should be measured up against God and who He is. That we can be a people and create our own reality and what's true or not true for us. So, next thing. Truth is exclusive. It's exclusive. What, what, what that means is that truth, by nature, excludes the things that contradict it. In other words, some things are right and some things are wrong. It's just that simple. Can the truth be altered? Many say yes. Many people say truth is up to the individual. Truth is very subjective. People aren't looking up to God to discover the truth. People are looking within themselves to discover what's true. Think of it this way. 19 years ago, 19 guys hijacked four planes and flew them into buildings to cause as much destructive as they could. Now, they believed what they, doing was right, what they were doing was right. They believed what they were doing honored God. They believed what they were doing was going to result in a reward in heaven for them. And if truth is just relative, if truth is not objective and absolute, if God's not the source of truth, then fine, who am I to say that one truth claim is above another? See, if, if you don't believe that the, that the truth is, is, is exclusive, then you're just going to wind up having a bunch of opinions. And who's to say that one's opinion is valued more than the other? That's our culture today. Let me tell you how, how, much, that way, how, how much that is a part of our culture today. The Bible's pretty clear. There's only one way to God. One way, one, 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 one. And that's through Jesus Christ and Him alone. Now, you may find this to be a surprise, but there are false religions in our world. Okay? When's the last time you heard somebody stand up in our culture and say, that's false? Islam is false, or, or Mormonism is false. When's the last time you heard, when do you think you're going to hear one of our leaders stand up and say that? Why? Because we want to create our own reality. We don't believe that the truth is objective and absolute and it comes from God. But that's the, the culture that we live in. The next thing is this. Truth is verifiable. In other words, you can look at the evidence. You can see that it's there. You can, you can see it. Compare the Bible to the Book of Mormon that mentions names and places and rivers and mountains that has no tie to reality whatsoever. None. Think of it like this. We have these visitors and we got them 
out our sanctuary day. They come to Alaska, and you want, they want directions sometimes. Simple as can be. You're in Anchorage. We got one road going south, one road going north. That's your only two choices. The road going south is called the Seward Highway. Where do you think that goes? They even know to Seward. Off the Seward Highway is the Sterling Highway. Where does that go? It goes to Sterling and on down to Homer. You go north, you're on the Glen Highway. Where do you think that goes? To Glen Allen. Or back in the 70s, they built the Parks Highway because before then you had to go up to Denali Highway to get to Mount McKinley. But then they built the Parks Highway in the early 70s and the Parks Highway goes to the Parks. Oh, well, I think I'm going to head down to Seward. I heard that's real pretty. Now, how do I get from Seward to Valdez? You don't. <laughs> Not driving. You can be on the Seward Highway all day long. The only way you're going to wind up in Valdez is either by boat or by plane. That's it. It's the only way you can get there from the Seward Highway. Why? Because there's a thing called objective truth. Or here we call it the Gulf of Alaska and the Chugach Mountains. There's just no way to get there. Now, when it comes to directions, do they go, no, I don't think that's true. I think I can drive there. No. Everybody accepts it when it comes to directions. They accept it when it comes to math. They accept it, sometimes not right away, but eventually they'll accept it when it comes to medicine. But how, comes when it, how come when it comes to morals, everybody says, well, that may be true for you, but it's not true for me. Why is that? Why are we a, a people like that? You can decide what's true, but you can create your own reality. Let me tell you what that winds up. People who want to come to things like morals and say that may be true for you, but not true for me, it always winds up in bondage, brokenness, and oppression. Back in 1999, in a mountain village in Turkey, they had an earthquake, destroyed the village. Thirty years earlier, the government had come into that village and told them, you built on a fault line, you need to move. We don't want to move our homes. Too much trouble to move our homes. You know what they did? They gathered all the maps they could find, and they changed the fault lines. They redrew them. They did. Gave them some peace of mind, and eventually their property values did go up over that time. But eventually the fault line was shown. God's fault lines will always come to pass. You think you can create your own reality and get by with it? No, there is a way that seems right to the man, but in the end, there's going to be brokenness. There's going to be the, there's, there's just going to be a mess of things that, that, that go on. It will always lead to bondage and disaster. Always. I like what Mark Twain said. He said, it's not what you don't know that will hurt you. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. And we think we live in a culture today. And, and excuse me, let me be more specific. We live in a Christian culture today where Christians are full of trying to create their own reality. Well, I can live like this and I can be with it and I'll be fine. No, 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 because there's a truth. There's an absolute truth. And you can't, you can't thumb your nose at that. And get by. The fault lines will reveal themselves sooner or later. The next thing. God wants us to know the truth. He wants us to know the truth. See, truth doesn't happen when people get up and decide what, what, 
you know, what's true or not. Truth happens when God speaks. That's the truth. And you want to know the truth? God will tell you the truth about anything you want to know the truth about. He'll tell you the truth about heaven. He'll tell you the truth about hell. He'll tell you the truth about money, about sex, about love, marriage. Anything you want to know the truth about, he'll tell you the truth about. Do we really want to know the truth? But here's the thing. Just like in that first temptation with Adam and Eve in the garden, what did Adam and Eve think? What did, what did the serpent try and tempt him to believe? To tempt him to believe that God was holding out on them. God's holding out on them. If you do the truth, if you, if you live your life according to God's truth, you will miss out. If you wait till you're married to have sex, you will miss out. If you do your finances God's way, you will miss out. If you try and, and do relationships God's way, you will miss out. And so many fall for the same line today. They'll think the truth is narrow and binding and restrictive. No! The truth is not narrow, binding, and restrictive. It's freeing. Whenever you hear truth, you ought to go, yes, give me some more of that. I want that. I want to live my life according to that truth because it's not going to, to bind me up. It's going to free me. See, they thought God's truth was narrow, binding, restrictive. God's holding out upon you. Oh, yeah, he probably is. So, John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. Now, first of all, understand, this is not just any word. This is God's word. And you understand the difference between continuing or abide, your translation may have, is that this is not just something you say, Oh, I believe it. I believe the word of God. No, no. He's talking about you built your life around it. That you're taking the principles of the word and you're applying them to your life. If you're someone who abides, who continues in my word, then you're truly my disciples. And then he says this, next verse, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So, Jesus is saying, you abide by my words, you will come to know what's true. So here's the question. Answer this to yourself. Do you know what's true? Now, let me ask it another way, according to this verse. Are you being set free? That's how you know whether or not you really know the truth or not. Are you being set free? Now, understand that the verb tends to, it's not, oh, one time I became a Christian, I was set free. Then No, no, this is something that's, that has a point in action that's continuing through your life. You're continuing to be being set free. So you're going along in your Christian life, you come across a truth, and you go, oh, the truth about anger, Lord, set me free. And you get set free from anger. You get set free from bitterness. You get, you get set free from lust. You get, you get set free from, from impatience. Or what God's continually setting us free as we build our life around this truth. It's not a one-time thing. This is a lifetime thing. So, don't you tell me you live by the truth if you're not being set free. If you can't look over your life and go, wow, you know, this past year, God set me free from this and he set me free. Now, it's not an everyday thing, but I'm telling you what, it's not a once every 10 year thing either. It better be a regular part of your life or you're not being set free. Now, here's the other thing. Here's what people say. 
I'm not in bondage. Not me. Everybody else may be need set free. But what do I need to be set free from? I won't ask you to raise your hands. That's what you were thinking. Oh, set free? Set free from what? I don't think anything is set free. Look, next verse. We are descendants of Abraham, they answered. And we have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you'll become free? We're not in bondage. What do we need to be set free from? Common attitude, right? They didn't get it. They didn't understand. This whole idea of Jesus coming and giving us freedom, of understanding that His Word doesn't restrict or bind, but it, but it liberates us. They didn't get it. And we live in a Christian culture that doesn't get it today either. So they stay in bondage. Ever talk to a guy who spent hours in front of a computer blowing through lunch, blowing through dinner because he couldn't take his eyes off what he was seeing? You ever talk to a woman who full of bitterness and anger is just spewing out of her life? You ever talk to a person who, who just gets so low self-esteem and, and pride in their life and, and it, it, they're just in bondage? They can't ever overcome those temptations. They can't ever become free and liberated. Because the Word of God is something that they believe, something they think is important, but, but it doesn't abide in them. It, it's not something they build their life around. They built their life around a nice concept. Really what they're doing, they created their own reality. I come to church, I'm a good Christian. Yeah, but what about this? Oh, that's okay. It's, God overlooks that. I'm a good Christian. They're creating their own reality. Officer, I wasn't speeding because it just put in the excuse. God, I'm, I'm a good Christian because, and just throw in the, whatever they want, because I give, because I'm at church every Sunday. But they missed the very heart of what Christianity is all about, being set free, continually being set free. What does Paul say after being a Christian for, for 15, 20 years? Oh, that I may know him. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. May I get to know God more and more and more. Why? Because he knew what it was like to continually be liberated, to continually be infused with the, with the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. Instead, we want to create our own realities. We get deceived. We get deceived because we create in our own realities. Now, nobody walks around and says, I'm a deceived Christian. I'm deceived. I know I'm being deceived. No, part of being deceived is that you don't know you're being deceived. Right? But, but, but here's the thing. The truth reveals that. The truth reveals deception. You get in the truth, and it'll, be, it'll reveal whether or not you're deceived or not. Let's go into this verse. Romans 1. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served what had been created instead of the Creator who is praised forever. Amen. So what did they chose? They chose to go to, to, to a lie rather than the truth. Okay? 
I'm going to go this way. I, I'm going to live by, by my... That's, that's the first step. Here's the second step. This is uh, in 2 Timothy. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and they will turn aside the myths. So now what's going on? Now it's a step further. Now they're trying to, to support their own reality. Let me find other people that agree with my reality. Find, find teachers, with, with, they'll have itching ears to find other people who agree with their, with their reality that they're creating. And isn't that true today? There'll be churches and, and, and full of people who are in bondage. And, and, and they all, they get along great because that's what they want. They don't want to look at their lives in light of the truth. They want to create their own reality. But then it gets worse. And with every wicked deception among those who are perishing, they perish because they did not accept the love of the truth. So see, they're, they're being deceived because they didn't accept the truth, and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a strong delusion so that they'll believe the lie. In other words, God just says, you want to live in your own reality? You go right ahead, and you can suffer the consequences of that. So if your heart, in your heart, you continue to reject the truth, and you continue to, God will come and say, fine, go right ahead. Carry that out. I made a list, a short list, of some of the lies that people are believing today. And we talked about some of these in the past. We've had old sermons on, on some of these. You don't have what it takes. You're an addict. You'll never change. With your past, no one's going to want you. Your decisions have destroyed your marriage and your family. You're not strong enough to deal with the loss. You've blown it with your kids. It's too late now. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Sex is just physical. God doesn't care about you. You can never change. You'll never be good enough. You don't have what it takes. You can fix yourself. Now here, let's get to just a few more. I deserve to be happy. That's a big one. Follow your heart. Ooh. As long as we love each other. Sounds true to me. So we got people who believe these lies and they live in this deception. They create their own reality. That's what you hear from the homosexual community. Is we just love each other. Yeah, you're creating your own reality. You're in delusion. You just want everybody else to agree with your delusion that you created. Your own reality. You want everybody else to approve your own reality. It's our culture. But the problem is, it's not just out there, it's in the church. Jesus wants to give us truth so we're continually being set free. And if you're not continually being set free, or let me put it in other words, in our series, if you're not overcoming temptation, then you're missing out on the truth. You've lost sight of the truth. Because when you understand that the truth comes from God. It's objective. It's absolute. It's exclusive. It's verifiable. You will come up against that. And not only that, it brings life. It brings freedom. It brings liberation. You'll run to that. God, give me more truth. You begin to experience that. But what happens? We want to create our own reality. We want to take in some of the worldly stuff, their morals, their language, their beliefs. 
and kind of mix that in and create our own reality. The truth is, God can redeem anything. Believe the truth that what God does best is to take people who are broken, people who have been deceived, people who have lived their lives and, and, and have let that deception take over. He can come to people like that and redeem them. So, here's the question. Maybe you need to embrace the truth. And maybe the truth today that you need to embrace is that you need a Savior. That it's not enough just to come to church and sit in a former pew. You need to have your life committed to being a Christ follower. Maybe that's the truth you need to line yourself up with today. That it's time that you make that decision that you're going to be a Christ follower. And maybe some of you made that decision but you need to admit that you've been a slave to sin. That, that you've been trying to live in your own reality in another sense. And that, that you think that, that you can bring in the world into your life. And that's okay. God's okay with that. No. It's not my truth. Don't get angry with me. I'm just delivering the mail, right? It's what God says. It's his, it's his standard. It's, it's his standard concerning your money, his standard concerning your relationships, his standard concerning every part of your life. He has a truth for every part of your life. You need to decide, are you going to embrace that or are you going to push that aside and try and create your own reality? Because that's the decision you need to make. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.